Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Thank you for joining me on Let This Mind Be In You. Tonight we're going to be starting up a study of 2 Thessalonians. So we'll see in this first chapter, Paul was at, uh, giving them praise, actually, that they were abounding in love, as he had mentioned in 1 Thessalonians. So I pray that uh, the study edifies you. So join me now for the uh, study of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1. And hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Thursday night. We are starting the uh, the book of first, or excuse me, Second Thessalonians tonight, and I can't wait to get into that. I appreciate you joining me live. If you're joining me live, if, of course, if you watch this at any point in time, I also appreciate that. Um, it's always good to hear where somebody's watching from. So if you're watching live, go ahead and let me know. I, I saw Brother Ken over there. Um, he's driving right now, so he's not going to be able to text very much uh, in order to be safe. So Brother Ken, I'm praying that you're safe on the road as he's driving, he's a truck driver there. And uh, I see my brother Aaron Clark. I know where you're at. Look at that leave beard. Yes, the beard. As you can hear it, uh, yes, I I have the leave beard going on for a few more days. Uh, I go back to work on Monday, and uh, I'm not looking forward to that as far as that goes. I've I've enjoyed being around the house, even though the the babies have been a little bit sick. And by a little bit, uh, Dominic's been... Uh, pretty sick the past couple, well, almost a week now. Uh, so be in prayer for that little guy that uh, he would um, get feeling better, and that would be much appreciated. But, uh, yes, I do have the leave beard going on there, and uh, my wife is in the other room, says, sounds great. Thank you very much, babe, for giving me that audio check. I'm always, I look forward to that audio check every week. <laughs> and Brother Ken saying, nice beard. Now, not as good as Brother Ken's beard. Brother Ken's got a beard that goes down to, at least last time I saw him, uh, went down to his uh, about the middle of his chest. So I can't compete with that beard there, brother. But uh, one day, maybe I'll be able to compete with uh, with that, that length of a beard. But uh, anyways, um, so we're... Uh, it's been good to uh, be off work, that's for sure. I've done a lot of... Um, a lot of studying, a lot of uh, work. Uh, I've been teaching at a local uh, body of believers that I'm, I'm with. Uh, I've been teaching quite a bit over there. And as well as I, I posted two new videos this week on redemption and reconciliation. So go check those out if you'd like to. Um, if you're listening to the podcast version on any of the podcast platforms, you can also um, go back in and look at those as well, reconciliation and also redemption. And uh, I, I pray that you'll enjoy that and you'll be edified by that. Um, and let's see. So I'm starting Second Thessalonians tonight, and then I got a uh, another plug here. This will be a produced video. I, I probably could do it live, but I'm not going to. Uh, this Saturday night, 
Let me get over here to this. Uh, this Saturday night, I'll have uh, Brother Matthew Zwiatowski uh, from Kearney, New Jersey. Um, I'm going to be interviewing him about this book here, My First Mission Trip, What Could Go Wrong? And many, many good um, um, practical applications of God's Word in this and his first mission trip to Sierra Leone. So I'm going to talk to that brother there in Kearney, New Jersey on Saturday and maybe get it uploaded Saturday night, maybe not, probably probably a couple days later. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, anyways, uh, pray that um, you'll be able to enjoy that as well, and then um, obviously he'll let you know where to find the book. It was a very good read, and uh, I'm, I'm a fairly fast reader, and I was able to finish it up in about mm, about a day and a half or so. Um, but of course I was on leave, so I had plenty of time to just kind of sit around and meditate and read through there. But it's, uh, brother Matt is a very, uh, humorous individual. He's friends. If this tells you anything with my father up there in New Jersey. So, um, those guys get together. I'm sure it's, it's quite, uh, a time. So hmm. that coffee is especially good tonight. This, by the way, is not a commercial, but um, this is Folgers, 1850. Yes, Folgers, 1850. is not the uh, silk. Uh, it's Folgers, 1850, and it's pretty good uh, for a medium roast. Um, again, I'm not getting paid by Folgers, so let's move on. Okay. <laughs> All right, but anyways, uh, 2 Thessalonians. Let's turn in our Bibles there. Uh, we're going to be looking at the second letter now. Uh, we just finished up 1 Thessalonians last week, and uh, when we did, we we saw some admonitions that were given inside of the uh, the letter that Paul wrote. Now, here's a second letter that he's going to write, and right off the bat, we're going to see that he's already uh, commending them for taking uh, his admonition. Uh, remember, this is all scriptures given by inspiration. This is the Holy Spirit wrote it down uh, there to give attention to these readings. They'll be read in every church. And um, they seem to have taken on board exactly what Paul was talking about to some extent. Other times, and the the thing about missing the, uh, the, uh, the catching up or thinking the resurrection has passed, you know, that still, I think, was going on a little bit during this, this uh, time frame. So Paul addresses it again. First um, and Second Thessalonians, really, he does address, I guess you would talk, talk, call it like end times in, in Corinthians as well. But First and Second Thessalonians, you can find it in other little places, little tidbits here and there, basically saying, hey, don't worry about it, we're not going to be here. Um, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but you... Um, First and Second Thessalonians, you can really see the meat or the majority of what Paul's going to talk about. So we'll get to that once we get to chapter two. But for right now, let's talk about verse or chapter one. So start in verse number one of Second Thessalonians, and let's get started, shall we? Oh, also, if you're tuning in here, ltmbiy at yahoo.com, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. I respond back fairly quickly. All right, let's read, start reading here in verse number one. Paul and Slavanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Now, this is um, 
if you just remember just a couple weeks back, we talked about abound in love. And that was back in 1 Thessalonians 3. So, And let's look at that. The first time Paul mentions that, 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse number 12. And uh, remember, this is what he his prayer was. Uh, he starts out by saying in, um, uh, to yes, verse number 10, night and day, this is 1 Thessalonians now, chapter 3 and verse number 10, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So now we see back over here, um, of course, you can read uh, verse number one of chapter four. So let's go just continue down to that. Furthermore, then we beseech you. Brethren, exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. And here we are in the second letter that Paul is talking about. He says, We are bound to give thanks or to thank God always for your brethren, for you, brethren. Pardon me. As it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you, that love, that perfect love, that that mature love of you all toward each other aboundeth. So they seem to have taken on board exactly what Paul was talking to them about in 1 Thessalonians. So that's good to see. Um, You know, it's not enough to read God's word here. It's not enough to say, okay, yes, uh, we can can glean from this. This is what the word clearly says. Let's take the word and everything like that. But then the application to our lives. It has to make a difference in our lives, or else it's just a head knowledge. It's just a an academic experience for us. And of course, it's so much more than that because we learn uh, from the Holy Spirit that indwelleth us, and that's what strengthens us. So as we grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not that we can win an argument, not that we can have all these facts and figures and things from the, and know exactly where to turn or even have it all memorized, but are we applying it to our walk? The walk is the important part of it. Does the ends of our conversation match what we are saying, what we are reading? Are we applying it and then uh, to our lives and moving forward? And it seems to be that these uh, Thessalonians here were doing exactly that. They were taking what Paul was saying uh, and were abounding in love more one towards another. And that's a great thing to see. Verse number four, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Now, what I want to show you, um, we going even back to verse number 3 down to verse number 8, is the parallel that this has to the church at Corinth. Um, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and let's read that first. Let's read this account first, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, and we'll read verses 1 down through verse number 7 where it says here, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Chai. Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us all, or excuse me, us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, 
by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. That's the comforter. Amen. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. What do you mean the sufferings of Christ? Well, because Christ in us, he suffered the death on the cross, the wrath that was poured out that Paul mentions in Thessalonians. That's why we're not subject to that wrath because of Christ in us. God of all comfort, comfort us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, how do we have a love abounding towards more one towards another, recognizing who is in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory, knowing that he suffered for us, and not only suffered, but shed his blood for us. And now because of that, we are now flesh of his flesh, bone of his bones, Christ in us. We are in his body. He is in our body. That's just, that is exactly what it's talking about here. That's why you can be a part of the sufferings of Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Paul is simply saying it doesn't matter if I'm abased or uh, shipwrecked. It doesn't matter anything in this life. I, if it's not for Christ, I count it all as dung, he said. But what we do for Christ is the important part. That is the gold, silver, and precious stone. But not just the action. It's not the action of doing a good thing. It's in what spirit we do it in. We'd either do it in our flesh, which is no good thing, which is the wood, hay, and stubble, or we do it in the spirit, recognizing who we are in him. And then that brings the comfort. That brings all this, uh, I guess you would say, the, the eternal rewards. It's not the temporal. It's the eternal and in verse number seven, and our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. So now that we've read down through there, let's look back at Second Thessalonians chapter one. And let's start reading again in verse number three. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Will we suffer any kind of persecutions in this life? Potentially, maybe, yes, could be, but we've already suffered if we're in Christ Jesus because he is in us, as we just got done mentioning. But you may suffer actual physical persecution and tribulation. Like these these saints were obviously suffering persecution. Church of Corinth, uh, church in Afghanistan, whoever our church of the living God are, are experiencing that suffering and tribulation is coming if it's not already at their doorstep. And in China and other places around the world, people are going to suffer persecution and tribulations that they're going to endure because it's they know who is in them. They are steadfast. They are unmovable. They are fully persuaded in who they are in Christ. Now look at verse number five, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. Because just remember, this, <laughs> the sufferings of this life, you know, these were all in, uh, maybe in death, maybe with the catching up. But Paul is literally saying that wrath is coming, that he will repay this earth for all this other things. The wrath of God will be poured out. 
which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment, the righteous judgment of God. That is the wrath. That is the judgment that is coming, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Um, that, that is a very sobering thought in one moment, that if people are persuaded in who they are in Christ and they're suffering persecution and potentially death, and they know this verse that's in, in, their, in, their, in their mind, it's hidden away in their heart, they see this, seeing it as a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. That at one point in time, it like as of, um, I guess, in the flesh, you would say that, but yeah, you got your come up and they're coming. But actually, that's a very sobering thought because the judgment will be poured out on them. That's, that's a very sad thought at the same time that it is a reassuring that it doesn't matter what happens to us. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And that's all this is saying here. But that does, it is a very sobering thought. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. When the church, as we'll see in chapter 2, when the hymn that led us is taken out of the way, it's going to get really bad, but that's because that's God's righteous judgment that's going to be poured out. The things that will be happening, the seals that are opened by God himself, when Jesus, the lamb that was worthy to open those seals, opens that first one up, we're already out of here. How bad will it get until that point? I don't know. I do know, though, that things in this world, this present affliction and tribulation and all these other kinds of things, we may suffer that in this life, but not what it's talking about here. Daniel's 70th week. That's not meant for us, church. We've already suffered the wrath because of who is in us. He has made us new creatures in him. He has crucified since he was crucified, and we have our faith and trust in that finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for the remission of sins. He's nailed it, the Bible says, to his cross, and we are crucified with him. Every suffering, everything that he went through had a purpose behind it, and that purpose was the redemption and reconciliation back to him. I encourage you to go watch those two videos. I know that I know we know these things as as believers, but maybe even send it to a friend that maybe would take uh, 15, 20 minutes and watch a video and let them know that redemption is available. Reconciliation is available through the free gift of salvation. Because I look at all this, flaming fire, taking vengeance, and I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. It concerns me, and this is a little bit of a side note, it concerns me, it truly does, brothers and sisters out there in Christ, and those that may be not in the body of Christ that are maybe watching this live or maybe listening in later on. It concerns me when people get up there and wish judgment upon this earth. 
And I can't wait for God to pour out his wrath on this earth and these vile, wretched sinners. I understand that the world is wicked. I call sin, sin, because the Bible calls it that. But vengeance is his. I am to abound in love towards all men. And with that thought, it's very sobering to think that there is a judgment to come. There is vengeance that's coming. There is wrath that is to come. And I'm to warn every man that you do not have to be here for that judgment, for that wrath, for that vengeance. Be wary, folks. Just be very careful. Somebody gets excited. I can understand zealously saying something to that effect. I can get it. I understand. But to a certain extent, that better convict you just a tad bit. Yes, the world is wicked, and yes, it will be judged by God. But that's a lot of people suffering the vengeance. If you're out there and you're warning those that is coming, some say with fire, maybe. Warn them of the vengeance to come. But don't wish that upon your fellow person that walks by. It's very easy, and I, and I think maybe, I don't know if this comes with maturity, spiritual maturity, with age, or what, but it's very easy to zealously go after that in that type of a mentality. But that's a mind that I believe ventures towards the flesh all too often. When we are not commanded to have our own mind, we're supposed to have the mind of Christ. And even though Jesus warned of this time to come, that is coming, he did warn about it. Paul is saying here clearly that he's going to repay. He's got the vengeance is his. He will, um, as it says there, to recompense. That is to repay them, pay them back for the, this tribulation they, they've poured out, this evil present world, present evil world. But Jesus, fully God, manifest in flesh, knew the thoughts and intentions of people's hearts. He was vexed, but he was moved with compassion. He did call out the religious leaders of the day. He did call them vipers. He did call them whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones. But he spoke truth in love because you can't separate them. And there was nothing in him that was evil, obviously. There was no sin in him. That's why he can be uh, angry and sin not. I just feel like, uh, I just think, let's just put it that way, that um, you need to be very careful. That's all. So that's just a little bit of a side note. I don't have anybody in particular in mind. So if anybody's watching this, be like, I wonder if he's talking about, I have zero people on my mind right now. I belay that. Check that. Let's stop. Pause. I do have somebody in mind. And I'm looking at him in this monitor right now. Far too often, that was me. So, there's my uh, confession to you, my admission of complete guiltiness on that part a lot of times, and still do, still struggle. I get in the flesh and be like, 
Um, get on the internet for a couple minutes and see the latest news and just mm, in the flesh and your boy, you want to wait a minute. Let's have the mind of Christ. Just remember grace and remember such were some of you if it weren't for him. All right, let's move back to Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 9. Let's look at this interesting parallel right here. So we see here, we see the people suffering in this present evil world. We see that. We come down a little bit. We see the, uh, we see the tribulation to them that trouble you. That's Daniel's 70th week. That is the seven years. Some people try to say it's uh, only halfway through. That's when the wrath starts. No, folks. The entirety of it is wrath that we are not subject to because it's his. This is not some man-made um, government authority trying to do things and or some nefarious people doing things behind the scenes or something like that. This is God allowing and opening up the seals himself. We see all that. Now look at verse number nine, though. This is very interesting. Who shall be punished? This is still talking about those that... Uh, persecute you, tribulation, those that don't accept Christ. It says, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? You can see that at the great white throne judgment. When death and hell are cast into the lake of fire, they are judged out of the books and so forth and so on. We see that in Revelation um, chapter 20, I believe. Let me look at that just to make sure. Sometimes I get the last couple of chapters. Yeah. Yep, Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. Those are those that are resurrected at that time and stand before Christ. Cast alive into the lake of fire. Sobering thought. Then it says in verse number 10, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all of them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. It's a very interesting correlation to chapter 21 of Revelation because you see the new heaven, the new earth, and the wiping away of all tears, and the former things are passed away. And he says, Behold, I make all things new in verse number 5. It is done, verse number six. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But all those that were just mentioned that were cast in the lake of fire, that's the second death. And then it talks about the lamb's wife in verse number nine. And we see New Jerusalem. Verse number 11, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear and as crystal. So as you read down through there, you see the parallel here where after that judgment, he shall become to be glorified in, the, in his saints. As we stand before him, as we are in New Jerusalem, that is meant for us, saints, this church age or whatever label you want to put on it, this age of grace, whatever label you want to try to this time now people in the body of christ you'll be occupying new jerusalem for all of eternity and you're going to be drinking of that river of life that flows freely and giving him all the glory 
every bit of it. Now back to 2 Thessalonians 1. Wherefore, verse number 11, also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. Now what is the calling? Let's go back to verse number 10. And be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. What did Paul bring? What did what are we all supposed to bring? We're supposed to be ambassadors with the ministry of reconciliation. As we saw already, and we talked about reconciliation, if you saw that in, in that video, that is our ministry. That is our ambassadorial um vocation, um, our, our, our marching orders, so to speak. And well, how are we supposed to do that? Give the word of God and do be about the word and that alone. That's the testimony that was believed because there's no belief that cometh without the word of God. There's no faith that cometh without the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How shall they hear unless they are told? told what? The word. Give the word. And that's what he's praying for them when he says, count you worthy. That's that vessel that's worthy of being filled. Can at times us be vessels inside of the house? We mentioned this back in 2 Timothy. I believe it was 2 Timothy talking about the in a great house, there's many types of vessels, Right? There's the wood, there's the earthen vessels and all this kind of stuff. But then there's the gold, silver ones, the ones that are meat. They're worthy to be filled and to carry out this message. So don't take the worthiness as like, if I check off these boxes right here, now I'm really worthy of something. Because in of yourself, you're not worthy of anything. That's why you need to die to self, live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. That's how you walk worthy. Well, I, how do I do that? Die to self. And I keep saying that over and over and over again because if you bring yourself into that, that's automatically bringing in a vessel that's unworthy. This flesh is going to be made worthy in the end when he catches us up. You know, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we are giving a glorified body. We are um, changed. Uh, the blessed hope is the fact that our flesh hasn't been redeemed yet, and it will be. So this vessel in of yourself is unworthy into that lane. You bring yourself into the conversation, it's of flesh. It's not of the spirit. It's as simple as that. Flesh, spirit. I had a conversation with a brother just uh, not that long ago, and that is exactly what he says. Brother Aaron, I would, I'll just let you know who I was talking to. It's as simple as that. It's either of the flesh or it's of the spirit, one or the other. How, do I, how would God count me worthy of this calling? Well, he called you to be the minister of reconciliation. He's called you to be ambassadors. Now walk worthy. Well, how do I do that? Paul gives the instructions as he's been given by the Holy Spirit, to say, mm, you're crucified with Christ. Reckon yourself dead. This flesh, this old wretched man that I am, this flesh, it's, it, you know, it fights constantly with the Spirit. Paul had the same problems we had, but he continues to say, hey, I pray that you just walk worthy. And in today's vernacular, I guess I would say, 
I, I don't, I'm just praying that you die to self today. You just, you reckon yourself dead. Just remember, you know, I'm, I've been purchased. I've been redeemed. I'm no longer my own. Wherefore, verse number 11 again, as we see back in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, walk worthy. We'll, talk, we'll turn to that just in a second. But it says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness in the work of faith with power. Where do you get that power? From the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the what? Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. How do I live like that, Brother Mike, it is a difficult thing. It's very difficult in of yourself. That's why you need to walk in the Spirit. How do we practically do that? Should we just check and like wake up every morning? If I do this, I do that, I do this. Wait a minute. There's a lot of eyes in that statement you just made. Oh, yeah. Lord, I thank you. I'm so thankful for who you've made me now in Christ. Lord, pray that I just die to myself today. Help me to walk worthy. And he'll do it. You try to bring yourself into that equation, it's not going to work. Finally, in verse number 12, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him. Hmm according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 31, remember, the only thing we have to glory in is Christ in us, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1 verse number 31. Anything in of yourself, your flesh, it's nothing. It's vanity. It's not any good whatsoever. But what's done for Christ, what's done in his power through his spirit, that's the walk worthy. And that's first Thess- or Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Made some interesting parallels there. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, write it down in the comments or uh, send me an email or something. Uh, just some interesting parallels I saw to the church at Corinth there and also the church at Thessalonica. It seemed like they were both suffering some pretty good persecution there. And Paul, in both instances, said, take up your swords and go out there and, you know, fight back. Bless God. Stash up all your ammunition. Get ready to fight them. Huh. I don't see that. I don't see it anywhere. Just saying. All right. Let's get over here to... Let's see here. Let's get over here to the comments section. I should probably put up the comments section up on my main monitor, but that's all right. 
I didn't see too many. Uh, about three people or so saying right now on YouTube, about the same over on Facebook, but um, I'm just thankful that anybody watches live. So if you're watching live and you haven't commented in, so do me a favor and comment in if you'd like. You don't have to. You want to stay anonymous. But uh, I would appreciate to know uh, where you're at in the world. And if you want to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com if you don't want to leave a comment. Uh, but um, with that, well, it's uh, pretty early, but it's a little uh, short chapter there. And just a few things that I wanted to bring out from from that chapter. Next time we'll be talking about chapter two. That might go a little bit longer just to show like some of the very, very clear language. Okay. Very clear, very clear language. Um, and we're going to read it all the way through. We're not going to stop at a verse and say, well, see there, we're going to read it in context of what Paul has literally been talking about in the past two letters. Okay. First letter. And then also in this one, he's like, like I, I wrote you, uh, before, uh, I told you in a letter that I wrote you before not to be troubled, but they seem to still be doing, um, things troubling them. So be mindful of that. Oh, Miss Cindy, Sister Cindy, I pray that you're ready for potentially that hurricane that's trying to get its act together in the Gulf. It looks like it's going to come right for us. So I pray that uh, you're ready for that. But I should see you, Lord willing, on Sunday. So thank you for watching, Miss Cindy. And I think that's about it. That's pretty much the regulars that are able to log in here and tune in on Facebook and YouTube live. Uh, normally on a uh, Thursday night, they're all here. And uh, just if you're still here and you've uh, told all your friends and put it on Facebook, share. Share these videos on YouTube uh, if you're able to do that. I'm not sure exactly how you're, you can do that. I think you can. Uh or save them to your profile or whatever and, and share them with your friends, I, however you work that out. Uh, but on Facebook, I know you can share it on your timeline. I would appreciate that. So please share. Um, I'm trying to, I don't know if like doing research is the, is the right key uh, word here. Hey, brother Jason there. High voltage. Good to see you, brother. Um, what was I thinking? What was I saying? Oh, yeah, just uh, about trying to do some analytics and some research on on whether or not I need to change up potentially the day that I go live or, you know, to hit a, uh, I guess you would say, a bigger audience, people that would just be able to just tune in on, on by random. Um, it's good to preach to the quote-unquote choir, so to speak, but um, um, I'm I'm just obviously wanting to just use this platform to get the gospel out there. And so how, however it does or the best way to do that. So if you're technically savvy uh, or, I don't know, you, you know a little bit about this, I'd appreciate you drop me a line at uh, ltmbiyyahoo.com. Hey, Brother Aaron, praise the Lord. Very good, yes. It's just interesting that people like to park on Second Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, and all they want to talk about is prophecy, but there's so much there about how we are to walk. So, appreciate that. And Brother Ken over here is saying Galatians 2. I'm in the book of Galatians on Sunday mornings, teaching through that. So, let's look at uh, 
Verse number 20, he says, Galatians chapter 2. Yes. Yes. Very good. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's right. We're still in this flesh. He hasn't taken us anywhere. Uh, We're still here. But that doesn't exonerate us from the fact that we need to reckon who we are. We are dead in him. We are crucified in him. Crucified with Christ. That's a great point, Brother Ken. Thank you for that, sir. All right, so we're going to wrap it up a little bit early. Don't uh, forget to be looking out for that video. Um, Coming up here pretty soon, go check out the uh, Reconciliation and Redemption videos that have just been posted uh, earlier this week. And also be looking for this interview that I'll be doing via Skype, um, just uh, with my brother up there, brother and Lord Matthew, uh, brother Matthew up there, uh, one of my dad's fr- uh, good friends up there, so that helps him out quite a bit. So, um, it, like I said, it's a very quick read, and uh, we'll let you know where to find this. Uh, but it, the title is maybe potentially you could uh, find it just by searching the internet. But Africa, my first mission trip. What could go wrong? So, Brother Matt Zwietowski, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's Brother Matt S. Let's put it that way. <laughs> that's how we'll just uh, we'll just reference him as Brother Matt. Uh, how's that? But uh, a good man. Uh, I've only talked to him a few times, um, but uh, my dad speaks very highly of him. So, um, I trust my my father. So I read the book. It's very very good. It, talking about living the walk. A lot of things that he preaches, you know, and then he said, well, those are put to the test very quickly. And he talks about getting in the flesh many, many times. And if you've ever traveled internationally, uh, you'll very much um, commiserate, um, relate to everything that's in this book. (laughs) I will tell you that right now. So I had a good time uh, reading it and uh, seeing the truth of of God's word being brought to life on a real missions trip to a very war-torn, very poverty-stricken nation, still is, um, especially when he went. Um, But anyways, that's it uh, for Let This Mind Be In You. Join me next time you see another video. Please, like I said, like, share, subscribe. Uh, If you're on the podcasting platforms, do the same thing. Just get the word out there. If you're a truck driver like my brother Ken here, maybe just get you a a good uh, app or whatever that does podcasts, and you can... Make sure you subscribe to it, and uh, if there's any kind of notification for when any, anything new pops up, make sure you're clicking that notification so you you know exactly when I go live and when I have a new video or new podcast uploaded, okay? Well, that's it. Love you in the Lord. God bless you. I hope you've been uh, edified. I pray that uh, you walk worthy uh, according to the vocation wherewith you're called, okay? Remember how to do that. Have the mind of Christ tonight, tomorrow morning. Every single moment of the day, remember that you got to die to self. Speaking to you, Brother Mike D'Angelo, that I'm looking at in the mirror and this monitor right now. All right. I do love you in the Lord. Thank you so much for watching live if you did. And if you're watching later on, also appreciate that. Okay? God bless you. Have a great night.